0: Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Uh, Today's lesson is called The Five Love Languages of Christmas, but the first question we have to ask is, how many languages do you speak? I, I have a story for you. So, a little mama mouse had a little brood of baby mice, and they got old enough that she thought she should show them around the house where they live. So the mama mouse very carefully crept around and she showed them the kitchen and the living room and all the good place to get crumbs. And there was the cat sound asleep. And as they were all creeping by the cat, the cat slowly opened one eye. And all of the mice froze in place. And the little baby mice were sure that they were gonna be a meal for the cat. And the cat stood up ready to pounce, and the mama mouse looked the cat right in the eye and began to bark like a dog. (laughs) And the the cat froze, didn't know what to do, and ran away. And the mama mouse turned to her babies and she said, see, you learned an important lesson. It's always good to know a second language. (laughs) How many languages do you know? Now, the, the Thursday Night Bible Study just went through a course called the Five Love Languages, based on a book by Gary Chapman, about the needs that we have to be loved and how each one of us hears that love in a, in a different language. We're gonna talk about those five languages in a second, but the question we're really talking about is what language do you need to hear? So rather than a story about little mice, I have a true story about an elephant that was on display in London, England. And the elephant's name was Bozo and he had worked for the circuses and now he was an older elephant and they put him in a chain cage and the children would come and, and feed him and take pictures with him and he loved the kids and they loved him and then one day his entire demeanor changed and became violent and angry and vicious and he tried to stomp his trainers and he wouldn't be nice with the children anymore and they decided that the most humane thing to do would be to put Bozo down. Now, the man who owned Bozo realized that he was going to lose money, so he made it a big spectacle. They were going to publicly execute Bozo, and he sold tickets. So there were hundreds of people there, and this one little man came out of the crowd, unassuming, and he said, you don't have to kill Bozo. In fact, let me have two minutes, and I will make sure that he's back the way he was. And the man who owned the circus said, that's impossible. No, and and the guy said, trust me what's two minutes to save an elephant's life? And the man who owned the circus said, well, you'll have to sign a release. You know, if something goes wrong, I don't want to be responsible. He said, I'll sign anything you have. They brought out a release and he signed it. He took off his hat and his coat and he got in the cage and the elephant reared up and the man started to whisper to the elephant. And the more he whispered, the more the elephant calmed down. And soon he was over and he was rubbing the elephant's ear And by the time he was done, the elephant had affectionately wrapped his trunk around the middle of the man. And the man led the elephant out of the cage to the crowd. Everybody was amazed. And they said, how did you do that? And he said, well, this is an Indian elephant. And he was raised hearing the language Hindustani. And he was homesick. And he needed to hear the language of his homeland. He said, I recommend that you hire somebody who speaks Hindustani to work with the elephant so he'll never get homesick again. And the man walked away. Everybody was amazed and there was that stunned silence and then they looked at the medical release. It was signed by Rudyard Kipling. What language do you need to hear? Now, in the book five love languages. Gary Chapman said there's are five love languages, five ways that people hear I love you. Now, I I would quiz the people who were here on Thursday nights, but I won't put you on the spot for that. But there are five. Words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. Now, what Gary Chapman wants you to know is that the language that speaks to you probably does not speak to the important people in your life. So you are speaking your language of love to them, thinking that they are hearing I love you over and over, and they're not hearing anything. Mm-hmm. That you need to learn to speak the love language of the people around you. And I have good news for you. God speaks your love language. In fact, in the Christmas story, in the gift of Jesus Christ, he speaks all five. Uh, the first one, words of affirmation, is in Luke two ten to 11 But the angel said unto them, Fear not, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Great news for all people, born to you this day. He said, we are his people and that he wants to gift us Words of affirmation. You don't often give gifts to people you don't love. The second thing he said is a gift, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Some people hear the love language of gifts. They need stuff. My middle child, who I love with all my heart, when he was growing up, he needed stuff. He didn't need expensive stuff. But he needed stuff. He needed the occasional ninja turtle or a, a special piece of candy or, or a, a video. He needed stuff. And if we weren't giving him stuff, he didn't feel loved. God says, I love you so much, I will give you the greatest gift I could, the gift of my son. The third language that God speaks for us is quality time. In John 1.14, it says, the word became flesh And dwelled among us. Now the the word in the Greek. Actually means tabernacled. Now if you know your history. The tabernacle was in the center. Of the Israeli encampment. So that God lived in the center. Of his people. Jesus came and lived in the center of his people. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. He spent quality time. Paul tells us that he left his throne in glory to come down and live with us. Acts of service. Matthew 1.21 She will give birth to a son and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. Now uh, Gary Chapman in his book makes it very clear that his wife's love language is acts of service and that he has never woken up on a on a morning and said, I want to vacuum the rug. Or I want to empty the dishwasher. But he does wake up saying, I want my wife to know that I love her. So he says, I vacuum and I empty the dishwasher. God wants you to know that he loves you by doing something for you. And what does Jesus do? He saves his people from their sins. The last one is physical touch. And I want you to think about this. I, I got out my concordance. Old-timey preachers used to do that all the time. They would get out the concordance and count. So I got it out and I counted. 31 times in the New Testament, Jesus touched somebody. He touched them to heal them. He touched them to comfort them. He Remember, he put his hands on the children and he blessed them. 31 plus times. In the gospels, Jesus touched. There's a story told, I don't know if it's true or not, about a little girl who went to her pastor and she said, Pastor, would you give me a hug from God? He said, what? He says, God loves you. And she says, yes, but sometimes I just wish he had skin on. Jesus came down with skin on and he touched the people that needed the touch of God. Now, it's very interesting, in, in two books that I use in my practice as a counselor, one is The Five Love Languages, and the other one is called His Needs, Fair Needs, Building an fair proof Marriage. They draw the same picture that love has to be communicated in both directions, in any relationship, not just in a marriage. You need to know not only that your message of love is being received, but it's nice to hear it back just nod yes it's nice to hear it back every now and then vicky tells me that i say i love you too quickly that sometimes she would like to get it in there first and i said i'm sorry dear it's like old faithful the guys are at yellowstone the pressure builds up and i just have to say i love you and every now and then i just look at her and go okay some of you know me well enough to know that i actually do do that yes i can't hold it in that's It's gotta come out. Now, God says, I love you so much that I told you I love you. I sent my son. I've done great things for you. I've given you gifts. And God speaks his love to us in a language that we can hear and understand. So what these two authors say is that you need to think of love as a bank account. And sometimes your bank account is very full and sometimes your bank account was very empty. If you read the scripture and you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you come to church and you hear weekly the promises of God, your love tank, your account with God should be very full and you should know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you. If you don't know that, then I'm not doing my job, let me know and I will put more love into next week's sermon. You gotta know. However, Does God know that you love him? If we are the bride of Christ, we should learn to speak God's love language and keep his love bank or his love tank full. I want you to hear that. God asks us to love him. God asks us to show him His love, our love for Him. The first one is easy. Words of affirmation is praise. It says God inhabits the praise of His people. We get to come, we get to sing, we get to sing about God and our love for Him. Praising is how we tell God we love Him. Worship, which is different than praise. Worship is our prayer, our meditation, our Bible study. It's our quality time with God. We need to set aside time with God to listen, learn, live, and love. We need to set aside time for God. Now, I don't know about you, but this DVR thing, and we just got one, is the coolest thing ever. I can tell it to tape Star Trek. Just tell it to tape Star Trek. And whenever Star Trek is on, it tapes Star Trek. That works for me. I don't have to go in like the old days with the VCR and say Star Trek is on Saturdays at 7. I don't have to do that. I just say, tape Star Trek. It also takes Babylon 5. Works for me. You probably figured out our pastor's a nerd. Yes, he is. He loves all those old-fashioned things. It, a sci-fi. Works for me. Now, sometimes, friends, I have to make a choice. Between my time with God and my time with Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk takes, if you zip through the commercials, about 45 minutes. And every time I watch an episode of Star Trek, that's 45 minutes. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says to me, Madison, did you spend as much time today with Captain Kirk as you did with God? Who's winning? Or, I know that you're very interested in saving the future with Babylon 5. Where's your time with God? Have you been praising? Have you been worshiping? Where is that balance? Is God's love bank full because you're telling Him that you love Him with your personal and corporate worship? Now, the next one's easy gifts. God makes it very clear. That he wants us to give gifts to support the work and work of his church and his kingdom. In fact, when they were building the temple, I want you to hear this. When they were building the temple, David put out a call for gold, silver, bronze, gopher wood, and the cedars of Lebanon. And they actually had to tell the people to stop giving They had so much gold, silver, bronze, and wood that they didn't know what to do with it all. They said, stop, you have to stop giving. This is a problem we would like to have at Kings, ladies and gentlemen. We would like one day to say, you know what, folks? We have more than we know what to do with. Stop. God says, I need to know that you love me through your gifts for what you have to tangibly put into the kingdom." Now the next one is what I would call acts of service. Everybody in this room has a talent. Everybody in this room has a gifting, something that they can offer to the Lord. Probably one of my favorite Christmas stories is the little drummer boy, right? All I have is my drum. All I have is my, and you can fill in the blank. You might be very good at bookkeeping. You might be very good at cleaning. You might be very good at fixing broken things. You might be good at managing money, at singing. Whatever your gifting is, God says, if I've gifted you, please gift it back to the church. I need to know you love me by the things you do for me. In fact, I love this verse in James. It says, faith without works is dead. Finally, physical touch. And I want you to hear this one. Physical touch means, in my mind, that we need to care for God's people. Uh, When I go to see my friend Georgian today, she will grab my hand, and I'm okay with that. She will grab my hand. Why? She's living in a facility where people touch her all day long. They help her get dressed. They comb her hair. They help her get changed and in and out of bed and all those things. But nobody ever holds her hand just to say, Georgian, I love you. She will grab my hand. And it's funny, as other uh, people at the home walk by, they will grab my hand. If I'm not careful, I'll have like five people just clawing at me. Why? Because they need somebody to touch them in the name of Jesus to say, I love you. So Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish theologian, summed up the gospel in this story. He said, once upon a time, there was a young prince, and it came time for the prince to be married. And his parents, like all parents, started saying, well, son, it's time, it's time. And he was riding his carriage through the, the capital city, and he locked eyes with this beautiful peasant maiden. And like all the stories, what we call at the high school when I taught musical theater, it was L-A-F-S, love at first sight. He was smitten." In fact, he would have the carriage driver make sure he drove by her little shop, and he, he was in love, and, and he wanted to find a way to make her his wife. She's the one he wanted. And he said, well, I can't order her to be my wife, because then I wouldn't know if she loved me or if she was just coerced, because I'm the prince, and he said, and I really can't, you know, put on my, my best princely outfit with my medals and six white horses and go to the carriage and say, Would you marry me? Because she might just be impressed by my wealth and overwhelmed, and I won't know if she loves me. So the prince gave up his room at the palace and he gave up his princely robes and he came as a peasant. And he lived with the people and he shared their struggles and their interests. He learned the language of the peasants. And in time, the maiden came to love him for who he was, because he loved her first. Jesus is the prince in the story. Jesus left his home in the kingdom of heaven and came down and lived with us and spoke with us and shared our challenges and our interests. And he spoke our language of love. So if this morning you have to admit that you need a savior from your sins. If you've never said, Jesus, I am so glad, I am so honored, I am so touched, I feel overwhelmingly the love that you have for me in your sacrifice, then let today be the day that you come forward during the last hymn and pray with our pastors or our deacons and give your heart to Jesus. If you need to accept the fact that your relationship with God is not what it could or should be, then resolve to learn and to speak God's love language. Take the time to say, I'm going to praise, I'm going to worship, I'm going to give, I'm going to give of my talents, and I'm gonna find ways to share that touch, that loving touch of God. Or if you need to allow God's spirit to lead you into a new year of service, You're saying, you know what? I don't want to be a bench warmer anymore. I want to play in the game. I want to get involved. I want to teach. I want to sing. I want to share. I want to build. I want to fix. I want to do something. Then please come forward and share that with our pastors or our deacons. And we would love to pray with you. If there's another reason, a reason that I didn't list, a reason that you feel separate from God, Then make this the day that you come forward and let us pray with you and share our hearts with God. Amen.